let us march on ballot boxes until somehow we will be able to develop that day. And men will have food and material necessities for their bodies, freedom and dignity for their spirits, education and culture for their minds. Let us march on ballot boxes until men and women will no longer walk the streets in search for jobs that do not exist. Let us march on ballot boxes until the empty stomachs of Mississippi, Alabama, and Georgia, Louisiana, and South Carolina to feel. Let us march on ballot boxes. Until the idle industries of Appalachia are revitalized, let us march on battle boxes. Until brotherhood is more than a meaningless word at the end of a prayer, but the first order of business on every legislative agenda, let us march on ballot boxes. Monday, January 18th, the official holiday, national holiday, honoring the birthday of Dr. Martin Luther King. Good morning, uh, Stephen, Charles. Today is, uh, is Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Um, we know that. And it is a, a, a day that was very hard to get to as a country. Uh, in the 1980s, there was a vigorous debate over whether or not to include, to create this holiday. Um, and in one of his uh, lowest watermarks, a moment that he apologized for later, uh, Senator John McCain of Arizona voted against it. Uh, so the reality is that nothing comes easy when you're talking about progress for racial, political progress in this country. I want to talk a little bit about King County, where we live, and then pivot to talk for us to talk about what King, Dr. King is saying in that speech. Um, so our, our, our county, King County, is the only county in the country that's, that has uh, attached its name to Martin Luther King Jr. And that wasn't the case originally. In 1852, when King County was uh, formed out of Washington territory, previously indigenous lands here, um, but Washington territory had been around for a bit of time in the United States. King County was formed in late 1852, and there was a, a man who had just been elected vice president, William Rufus King. And he was an Alabama senator and a, a slave owner, and they named the county after him, King County. It stayed his, uh, named after him um, with the image of a crown for the county until 1986, when the King County Council, led by Ron Sims, at the time, uh, had a had a, count, uh, a committee and a, a a group of folks who first spent about a year thinking about what whether to change the name or to keep the name, but to change the connection from Rufus King to Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Shortly after the, you know the uh, the national holiday had been created, and they decided to and put uh, change the uh, the imagery around the county. But it wasn't until 2005 that the official state imprimatur was put on King County as named in honor of Martin Luther King Jr. And the state has to, only the state can 
make that kind of an official thing um, according under the charter of state. We're the only county in the country named as connected, as I said, to Martin Luther King Jr. Um, and we're the 12th largest, most populous county in the country uh, at this time. The, uh, the, and I'm proud to be here, honored to be here and to have that as a central, central piece. And when I think of King County, I think of Martin Luther King Jr., but I should, we should always, and I take heart, I mean, take heed of a tweet this morning by Bernice King, who's the daughter, one of the, one of the daughters of, of Martin Luther King Jr. and Coretta Scott King. We should also take heed on this day too, to honor Coretta Scott King and all that she did in American life and for the, the, the pursuit of justice in this country. So I think about the, them together as a, a, a group of people who changed this country. Now, um, that speech by Martin Luther King Jr. is one of about, I don't know, six or seven speeches that I know fairly well from King. You start with the I Have a Dream speech, then you, uh, you, I've moved through kind of other ones, his how long, not long speech. That was at the end of the, the Montgomery to Selma march. His speech on, at Riverside Church on Mar uh, April 4th, 1967, calling an end to the Vietnam War. Um, his speech, the final night of his life in Memphis, Tennessee, the mountaintop speech. This one is known as the ballot, March on Ballot Box speech. It was delivered in 1966 in Kings Tree, Tennessee, uh, Kings Tree, South Carolina, about an hour and a half east of Columbia, an hour and a half north of Charleston, um, over in the, the eastern part of the state. And it could only have been delivered um, after 1965 and the Voting Rights Act, because the idea of marching on ballot boxes as a mechanism of change in the South for African-Americans only made sense after they were, they were protected, their right to vote was protected under the Voting Rights Act. He gave that speech there um, in, uh, as they were approaching some elections. It was on Mother's Day in 18, uh, 1966. And in the audience was uh, Jim Clyburn and his wife. And Clyburn and his wife were deeply affected by that speech. And he's noted it as a moment in his career, his life of, of kind of moving into public service. And of course, he's long time been a uh, political elected leader in the Democratic Party. He's the highest ranking African-American in the Democratic Party. Uh, today, number three in the U.S. House, and it was his endorsement of Joe Biden in the 2020 presidential campaign that really was central to turning the tide to supporting and to Biden's victory. Um, so we can trace the lineage through King, through King's words, all the way through up to this president, um, who, of course, was the vice president for the first African-American president and now has as a vice president, the first African-American uh, female and first female vice president. Um, so it's just, it, to me, it's, it's part of the way in which the arc of the moral universe moves. It doesn't move cleanly. It only moves because we work hard and we struggle and, and things, uh, we, we, we hold on. Um, and today on 20, uh, January 18th, 2021, we, we have been holding on and fighting 
for several years now um, in our work with Common Power. And people have been holding on and fighting for generations before us. Uh, and we will march on ballot boxes. We will, we will continue, we will elevate our marching on ballot boxes as a mechanism of change, as our desired mechanism, our focus of mechanism of change. Um, so that's the kind of piece this morning that I want us to kind of spend some time thinking about on this Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. I like to think about this day. Um, well, I, I, I've, I have a couple of references. One of them is, um, I remember when, I mean, a lot of us do, when this day was not a holiday that was recognized uh, by a lot of folks. And uh, I remember fighting for it at Starbucks to get it recognized um, as a part of the Black Partner Network. And it was like, <laughs> it's almost like a joke to people for a while. And then um, after Barack Obama became president, uh, all the Black folks started taking it off just already on, on their own. Um, and then the staff or they, uh, somebody decided it was, it was okay to have a, a kind of a pseudo off day as a, a day of, a day of service. And this is how MLK day is, is seen commonly is, um, you know, not, not a full off day sometimes, but like a, but a day where you, you go and you volunteer, which I think it's great. I think it's great to uphold his legacy. Um, but one of the things that uh, the black community talked about was like, yo, this is a rest day for us. If we're going to recognize it, you know, we are going to, we're going to actually take a day of rest and, and reflect on, on who this man was and not, um, not have to go to your company sh sanctioned mm. uh, volunteer event where you get, where you get these hours. Um, so, you know, what is it, what does his legacy mean today is something that hey, really hang on a second, Charles. So I want to ask you a question about that, that history there. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, my professional career, uh, until, you know, recently has been in a government supported public university, which honors all federal holidays. Okay. Mm. So, so the idea of Martin Luther King Jr. Not being an official holiday, like recognized and you know implemented is really that's that's not something i thought about until you talked about it right now so you you're in an, a corporation that didn't provide does it provide it is an official holiday today to its employees oh no it, and, it does now yeah it does now uh-huh mm -hmm. but you had to fight for it you had to push for it you had to <laughs> yeah that's, that's wow wow yeah it's interesting that to think that like we had to it's, it's, it's interesting to think of myself as having to fight for like the existence of, of an affinity group for black people. Um, this is my lifetime. It's not like the civil rights movement and it wasn't as big as anything close to it, but having to, having to fight for that with the, with the founder, like to, to, to make the case to him that this thing should exist as well as other ones for LGBTQ folks and folks with disabilities and women um latinx folks we had to fight for that and and like make the case for that 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 should exist not and and we couldn't point to a bunch of other things we had to say why this makes sense for starbucks um and there was a debate around it and this is like 2009 10 9 
And what was the debate? What was the debate? Uh, the debate was, uh, was, uh, why, why do we need these when we are all, uh, uh, where we all should be treating each other with respect and dignity anyway, we should all be coming together. Why you, you all want to separate yourselves from everybody. Why are you not here with us? Um, just being unified. That was the. But that's a that's a common refrain amongst uh, white privileged people, <laughs> really. Uh, people ask the same thing actually at CP when we told them that we wanted to form a space for young people. People said, "Why don't you just invite them to the the one with the older folks?" And it's like because because people need their own space. This is your space. You don't see it like that. White people don't see. America as their space. They don't see it as as made for 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 the, their wants and needs, and for them to be comfortable. They don't understand that it's all been crafted with them in mind. And to ask people that are not white to fit into these spaces is to ask them to be, either become you, or to change the space to suit them and their culture and. That's been tough. That's that's the fight. That is the that is the the tug of war that's going on in this country uh, politically. You know, all the time is is how do we make space, or do we make space, or what does it mean to make space for other people? So that's that was the it's the same kind of mental mental shift that needs to happen in in this microcosm of 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 Seattle, which is Starbucks. Um. So that's that that's what I I think of. Whenever MLK Day runs around, I uh, comes around. I, I think of you know what my my fellow partners are doing at Starbucks and uh, whether or not they're volunteering or uh, actually taking a break. Um, the we decided that the black people would take a break and then the white people would, would volunteer, and that was the way we would get our small piece of reparations. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so that, that's that's one thing. The other thing I, I like to like push myself to remember is is what he was doing when he died what mlk was doing when he died is so important and and we pull people we we like to pull one of the jokes about mlk day is is all the people who who actually would be on the other side of mlk throwing out quotes <laughs> yeah that are all about you know come together and all that stuff but it, it i like I like to remember how what he was doing when he died because it reminds me of the journey that he took, right? Because he he lived a, a, a many years of being a public in the public eye, and he evolved on his stance um, from early on in the days that we like to we like to remember. And so he, you know, when he passed, he was not he was he he was first of all he was my age almost exactly he's he's he was exactly he's 39 years old and i'll be 39 in in march Mm. um and he you know he had family and everything but he had interacted with other civil rights leaders by that time especially ones that had thought to take a different tactic like martin like malcolm x um and he was he was fighting for these sanitation workers to be to, to to be treated fairly like like men you know this is where that that famous picture of i I am a man 
um, comes from. And it's not about them being uh, the male gender. It's about them being recognized as people, really, and about their safety and about their pay, about their pay. Um, And that was, that kind of meets us where we are today. You know, and I, I said it, I think I said it yesterday, and I've said it a few times, but Joe Biden's proposal for $15 minimum wage, that's a significant quality of life change for so many people in this country. Um, and and MLK knew that, he he saw that as, as like the next phase in the fight. It was, uh, yes, it was about race always, but it was also about class. And it was about workers' rights, um, and that's that's the baton that many folks uh, are picking up now and should. Um, he was in Memphis, and he had come uh, about a week earlier, um, and there had been a march, and it had been there had been violence around the march, and he had been very dis- disturbed by that it was so you know contrary to his his commitment to nonviolence that he came back again a week later uh, they wanted to do the march again this was all for as you're saying the black garbage the garbage workers predominantly overwhelmingly african-american and um, that's why he was back there and he was still fighting and was going to continue obviously to fight for uh, justice for dignity for equality um, and when he was shot in Memphis on April 4th he had come to Seattle in November of 1961 uh, and spoke here it's the only time he came to King County and he spoke here and I know that I've, been, I've seen it at Garfield High School where he spoke there is a plaque there honoring commemorating his time there it's the only time he was here I didn't know um, that. That's really cool. Yeah, he went to Garfield High School to speak. Yep. Um, and the uh, the fight that he had, you know, I, I think that people generally know this, but let's just make it very clear that King was not popular among white Americans when he was alive. People forget that. He was not. They forget it. And, and sometimes it's willful, I think, but yeah. The, the kind of sense of, there are, there are polls, Gallup polls from the time that ask questions a couple different ways, but the gist of them are, did you approve? Do you support? Uh, do you trust? Uh, do you think he's good for America? And all of them are in the 20s and 30% of people saying yes to, that, to those numbers that the rest of the public obviously overwhelmingly white public was opposed to his role, his position, his, his, uh, his arguments, his, the work he was doing. Um, and the, the, the way in which the arc of history bends is that we learn over time, others continue to fight. We make progress. We, we get things put into law that he fought for. Um, there were a couple of things to, that got put into law shortly after his pa- his death, uh, spurred by renewed pushes around them, including the Fair Housing Act of 1968. Um, and so I, I don't like to cite King's unpopular among whites 
as a basis for, hey, look, knowing that unpopular people today might, I don't want to get to the conclusion that people who are unpopular today might necessarily become well embraced later because there are, there are lots of horrible things that are by political leaders on the right that are unpopular today and should get more unpopular, I would believe, and I want to fight for historically. But I do want to, I do want to make the point that, that we can never expect the fight. I say this as a white person. We can never expect the fight for justice and equality and opportunity and dignity and, and justice to ever be one that is going to be embraced by large numbers of the American white public. It just isn't going to happen. It might happen, but that would be an aberration. Okay, so the reality is that the fight has to be one in which we're willing to, to take positions that are not going to be embraced um, by the large segment of the American public. And we do it because it's right. It's right. And so 10 Republicans in the House of Representatives voted for impeachment because they thought it was right. But that's about the percentage you might get of people who would stand up for something like that. You got 10 out of 200-ish. You're not, we're not gonna get more. We have to fight for voting rights and for justice in this country, not because it's popular, but because it's right. I'll just say that I remember um, talking to Larry Gossett and uh, Ron Sims in the era when that official declaration finally came about and the discussions leading up to it. And I just, I remember how important it was to Ron Sims and to Larry Gossett and, and talking to Sims. I don't know if it was that week, maybe leading up to it, but I just remember his, Ron Sims is always a heartfelt person, but he was especially, it was especially a, a, a big moment for him and leading up to it and how he felt about it. Very important. Do you remember what he said about it? I only in, you know, only in paraphrasing. I, I, I don't remember exactly. I just remember being struck by it and, and being glad I was sitting there with him, listening to him. I mean, Ron Sims is a great preacher amongst all his other skills. And so I just remember how important it was. So today is, you know, is Martin Luther King Jr. Day, holiday. We're two, right now it's, uh, we're probably two days and four hours from when we transitioned from the Trump presidency to the Biden and Harris administration. Um, it's hard for me to uh, imagine or even creatively imagine what um, what a civil rights body of work would look like had King not been killed. Uh, it's clear that he was in a tough public space and that his advocacy against the Vietnam War had opened up a whole body of new pieces that would have been very challenging for King personally in our society. Um, and the movement was clearly evolving substantially, uh, had already evolved to a more militant space and uh, a lot of anger, rightfully. 
Um, so it's hard to, for me to kind of like play out in my mind what it would be like had he been here. But I do believe that he would be trumpeting and, uh, and celebrating um, the, the departure of Donald Trump from the American scene. One thing that is clear throughout King's public speeches is this articulation of, of America living up to its best self. Uh, he, that was the kind of standard by which he invoked Americans to do the right thing. He said, you know, in his I Have a Dream speech, he talked about America having written a promissory note that had come due. He talked about the ideals of this country and democracy. This is why he fought so they, he and others fought so hard for civil rights and then said, that's not enough. We got to have voting rights. It is the core foundation of the, of our democracy. You can't have a democracy or justice or equality without it. Um, so marching on ballot boxes today is the equivalent of one of the ways we live out that fight for democracy is to, and I, I do have this mental image in my mind of people in Georgia and around this country marching to ballot boxes to vote. Although more of course are voting by mail, but still most vote in person of marching to ballot boxes and with the same kind of determination that people marched um, in so many places, whether it was Birmingham and others in the 1960s. We have to march on ballot boxes today and, and we have to march continually going forward to fight for the right to vote. It is more challenging now than at any point since 1965, since the Voting Rights Act, to vote in this country because of all of the restrictions that have been placed upon it. That's, our, that's the calling for today, for us as an organization and for the work we, have, we can do. That's one of the ways, a key way, we honor the legacy of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. We are, um, staff is, is coming out of, out of break here. Tomorrow we get back to work. Uh, thank you everybody for respecting the break for them and not um, bombarding them with emails and stuff. I know they probably miss everybody by now, uh, but we're gonna, we're gonna hit the ground running tomorrow and, uh, and carry on that legacy and get ready for this, for this tumultuous year it's going to be better than 2020 for sure uh but it's 2021 is 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 going to be a lot of tough work ahead um and we're looking forward to it we're ready to go um we're going to have uh, david's got lectures uh today and tomorrow and then we've got thursday which is a fundraiser we want to be clear about that so nobody's confused <laughs> when they come it is a fundraiser and it's also uh, our chance to talk broadly about our, our plans for the year for the first time. We're gonna have some of our staff members talk about their programs that they're launching or continuing on Thursday. Um, so, uh, so come and, and join and support uh, if you can and, uh, and be in community if nothing else, totally fine. Uh, but the work, the work starts now.
what is uh what's uh to finish up here what's the meta feeling or thought you have about this year like a framing thought about this year charles that you might end up talking about thursday as part of our event but where you sit you personally as you do our work together Uh, a meta thought about this year is that this is a, so this is not an off year, but it's an odd year. So there are less elections going on. And uh, while 2020 and then 2022, as we're looking at people who uh, we're going to work for and against, um, are years that are big election years. These years in between are, are times for us to, uh, to, to reassess how we're working, to elevate some new ideas, to recruit, to recruit more, um, especially young people and pe uh, BIPOC folks um, from, from communities, especially here in Seattle where we can, and uh, build up, our, build up our, 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 our staff and our volunteer base. Like that's the, the focus now is kind of a, a rebuild and try new things. That's why odd years, and this is what happened in 2019, they're so exciting. <laughs> they're so, they're such cool spaces to be in organizationally because we're just, we just get to, we get to try a lot of things and we get to have a lot of young people um, uh, try out their ideas and run their ideas. And I'm, you know, I'm excited for it. I'm not uh, a teacher in the same ways that you were, David. Um, I am a parent though, so I guess I'm automatically a teacher. And I, I love seeing people that I mentor and I lead uh, get to build their own things and try their own things and own own their ideas. Uh, and we're going to see a lot of that this year. The community is going to see a bunch of that. And um, I'm really happy. I'm like happy in advance for uh, all the cool things that, that they're working on. And we're going to be talking about that on Thursday. Hello, good morning. <laughs> Me too. You have a good day. Um, David went to, uh, you went grocery shopping while we were on the podcast? Is that what that is? <laughs> no, I arrived at a corner. And, you know, corners are the social challenging space of, of the uh, COVID world. When you come to a corner mm. where you can't see around it, right? Uh, mm. People come in one direction. Um, let me just pick up your point there, Charles. And I know it's loud here. Uh, I, uh, I, I look forward, I welcome where we're at too and the growth, the opportunities. It's a, it's a wonderful rhythm for us as an organization with our leadership and with our volunteers, the chance to have even years and odd years numerically in our work. Um, so please join us and also let us march on ballot boxes, both in our minds, in our mindsets, in our mojo, our relationships, and our elevation of next generation leaders, and in our mobilization, let us march on ballot boxes in honor of the kings, in honor of all those who have forever marched on ballot boxes or wanted the chance. 